Ms. Cardos. Here. Mr. Jansen. Here. Mr. Pato. Here. Mr. Larmer. Here. Mr. Shreya. Here. Mayor Ruby. Here. Mr. Stephan. Here. Okay. To get started, I move for approval of the public hearing minutes of February 23rd, 2023. Second, Mr. Chairman. Ms. Cardos. Yes. Mr. Jansen. Yes. Mr. Pato. Yes. Mr. Larmer. Yes. Mr. Shreya. Yes. Mayor Ruby. Yes. Mr. Stuckey. Yes. I move for approval of the regular meeting minutes of February 23rd, 2023. Second, Mr. Chairman. Ms. Cardos. Yes. Mr. Jansen. Yes. Mr. Pato. Yes. Mr. Larmer. Yes. Mr. Shreya. Yes. Mayor Ruby. Yes. Mr. Stuckey. Yes. I move for approval of the work session meeting minutes of February 23rd, 2023. Second, Mr. Chairman. Ms. Cardos. Yes. Mr. Jansen. Yes. Mr. Pato. Yes. Mr. Larmer. Yes. Mr. Shreya. Yes. Mayor Ruby. Yes. Mr. Stuckey. Yes. That brings us to our reports. Mr. Stuckey, do we have a report from council? Yes, I have one. Um, I have um, DeGeronimo Companies, Valorant Acres, mixed use, phase one. Main roadway configuration preliminary, preliminary was approved by city council. Uh, DeGeronimo Companies, Valorant Acres, mixed use, phase one, mass grading and clearing. Preliminary and final was approved by city council. DeGeronimo Companies, Valorant Acres, mixed use, phase one, office building I, preliminary was approved by city council. And the Woodlands of Snowville revised preliminary approved phase two and three on Snowville Road and Dewey Road was approved preliminary. So. Thank you for their report. Mr. Mayor, do we have a report? No, I do not, thank you. Thank you. Mr. Wise, do we have a report from engineering? I do not, thank you. Thank you, and that concludes our regular meeting, which will bring us into our work session. First up on the agenda, Snowville Road consultation. If you are here for this one, Please step up to the podium and please state your name and spelling for the record. Uh, good evening, Greg Modic on here, here on behalf of the landowner, Mr. Dostasil. Uh, spelling's M-O-D-I-C for the last name. Thank you. Uh, appreciate the time tonight. Uh, we were back here previously for this project. Uh, I think we kind of went a, a bit of a different direction uh, based on the conversations we had uh, with this commission. Uh, we did some additional studying of the topography, worked with the Army Corps of Engineers to uh, obtain a preliminary JD to truly understand some of the constraints <laughs> within the property. <clears throat> and as we did that, our takeaway was to look at the code, try and follow the code, and try and follow the unique characteristics of this land. Um, the uniqueness of this land kind of led us towards more larger estate lots, uh, just by the natural divides of the topography within it and the drainage corridors. Um, the majority of the lots that we're depicting are uh, far in excess of the code requirement minimums of width and size and um, depth as well. Uh, we're, we're aware of a lot of concerns uh, in this area as well as many others as it pertains to stormwater management, uh, buffering of existing neighbors and properties, protection of these drainage corridors so they don't further erode either on this property or downhill of it. So we kind of went to the drawing board and came up with something a little bit different. Uh, I think what you'll see tonight and the biggest reason we wanted to come back for a consultation, have a conversation with you tonight is uh, there are some needs for variances. Uh, we tried to come in with the, the minimum number of variances that may be needed for this. 
their big thing that kind of stood out to me was the code requirements for uh, regular shaped locks uh, pertaining to the you know rectangularness of it, uh, radial to the cul-de-sac. Um, because of the uniqueness of the property, uh, some of these change. There's some triangular shaped lots. I think we have opportunities. We certainly could start you know cutting things off, creating uh, green spaces to create more rectangular shaped lots. But our vision was estate lots, uh, larger homes. Uh, first couple lots in on the right. Uh, we do have a house footprint depicted on all these. It's about a 3,300 square foot house. Uh, one Petros is currently uh, getting ready to dig a foundation and build on. It was actually designed to fit the uniqueness of a property in Ridgefield where there was a drainage corridor behind it, a gas line. The house that's shown on there just for a reference point is about 3,300 square feet. Um, I have some architectural plans associated with that should you guys need to see it. But our Vision for this with it being estate lots is being able to uniquely design each house as it comes in. Each lot within this subdivision has some unique characteristics uh, in themselves. Um, I think the price points we're kind of envisioning and looking at on the first couple, the smaller ones there, are starting at a million dollars in the low million dollar mark there. Uh, so we're really targeting something quite unique here as far as large estate lots. Um, we would hope that, uh, you know, through the conversations tonight, you guys might agree that this general concept here uh, is probably more fitting of the property, given what's on here from a wetland, a drainage perspective, and the topography within it. So our hope tonight is to maybe gather some feedback from you folks, uh, take that to the drawing board so we can bring back a full preliminary plan submission. And uh, with me tonight is the landowner as well as Gary Name from Petros Homes, and we'd be happy to answer any questions you may have and welcome any comments you may have as well. Truly appreciate your time and consideration. Thank you. Um, usually we start out by going to Mr. Wise for engineering comments, but I think before we start down that path for uh, planning commission, we've seen this before. This is a much modified version of it. Um, so I guess to start with, there's a subdivision proposed for, before we start digging into some of the minutiae, there's a subdivision proposed here. Does anybody have any objection to the general idea of a subdivision of this going in in this location? Okay, so that being said, um, in, in general, then we can start to look at some of the other items that are discussed here. Um, and, and mentioned, um, I guess to start with, the applicant mentions three variances uh, for sublot one. I can't read it, it's too small. Um, We're proposing a um, sublot one and sublot one and sublot two. So one is the 60, uh, 60 foot, 60 foot setback to allow 50 foot and then there's also a lot depth that would normally be 250 and they're proposing 157 the other is sublot two uh, so instead of 250 they're looking at 217 um, so that being said i would open it up for any comments or questions or discussions from the commission mr chair before you do that um, i just want to note that the Planning Commission has the authority to um, to set the setbacks, so there wouldn't necessarily need to be a variance for the 50 feet if it's deemed appropriate by the Planning Commission. 
It's um, under your authority to set them. With the allow, this is a question for yourself. With the allowances within ordinance, or within our ordinances, we can set a setback or we can follow the table. Can we mix and match within the same development? Do, like if we say we're going to follow the table, does that apply universally through the subdivision? Or can we change on different lots within the same subdivision? It's within your purview to decide okay. which, which way you okay. want to go with that. Um, there are There is another variance that Mr. Wise pointed out in terms of um, one of the, or two of the lots not being radial, sublot 10 and, wait, sorry. Yeah, I think. Nine and 10. I think there's probably a few others in there that we can, we can talk through. Um, I appreciate you bringing those up. I, um, was, was there more? So there was one that Mr. Wise noted in regard to the depth being three and a half times greater than the width on some of the sublots, but there is um, something in the code under that same section that states that if there's rugged topography at the rear, then the Planning Commission can increase that ratio or shall increase that ratio, it says. Okay. Other than that, there's nothing that we can see this far unless Jerry has anything else to point out that he found. Mr. Chair, would you like me to speak? Sure. I mean, again, my comments, even variances at this point, if the subdivision isn't acceptable to the Planning Commission, we're kind of getting ahead of ourselves. So um, as far as like a setback, I would sit there and say we obviously did a setback in the Woodlands, so I would imagine if variance or uh, Planning Commission approved it, we would follow the same procedure. As far as these lot depths, I mean, as the project would advance, we could consider whether or not the, the applicant would want to just cut the lots off and make giant open space behind them, which would also, obviously, for 13, it would square it up. It would solve the lot depth ratio to 12, 11, possibly 10, and whichever ones else were there. As far as um, the lots not radial, uh, they had one that wasn't radial in the woodlands, and there was a variance. And if this project went forward, it's minimally going forward for uh, variance for the cul-de-sac length. So, I mean, again, so some of those are just, um, I guess, if the project advances, we could further discuss that. Um, again, and that would go along with, like, if you guys want to discuss uh, landscape buffers, obviously conservation easements. Um, again, the... Uh, just horizontal and vertical alignments. This uh, this project has some pretty has some interesting topography. Rolls up or rolls down, then rolls up slightly, then rolls up another like 30 feet to the cul-de-sac. So there's definitely going to be some uh, some topography in here. And again, um, but I guess the the main premise is it's it's hard for me to offer comments if. We, we've kind of been here in the past if, mm -hmm. if the whole subdivision design is going to change and I think that's what they're really looking for okay so perhaps we should uh, discuss it amongst Commission before we get too far into engineering yes sir. Jerry can do you want to address snowville and the site distance I mean again too? if it there, I don't regardless. I mean obviously I have not run a site distance of snowville do I think there's an issue out there of course and if the project moved forward, there probably there would definitely be an evaluation of it, and then we'd have to uh, determine what needed to be done. But 
it, I mean, the road coming out there, that is their frontage. It's opposite Dewey. It is a logical spot. So whatever has to happen, the Snowville has to happen. And the developer needs to be prepared to address that, correct? Or yes. Is that our, the city's responsibility? No, no. I mean, if it, it went forward, I mean, it would be something that would have to be uh, looked at before a road could be put out there. Um. I think that's a good point. I think we discuss the subdivision layout as itself and make sure that commission is on board with what's proposed here. And then uh, some of the items such as sight lines and engineering can be ironed out as we go. So I, I, um, any other comments regarding the subdivision? Any arrangements that raise any concerns? Um, yes, Mr. Chairman. Mr. Stuckey. Sublot number 10. Sublot 10. Sublot number 10. Um, when we look at conservation easements, it, and I look at that, I look at sublot 13, 12, 11, and 10. And I look at all the, all the water on 10. It just looks to me like we could straighten those out. It's very close to the house. Yes. We could straighten, uh, first of all, I don't know how, I, I think it, I, I scaled it's like 20 or 30 feet from, from the edge. But if we're looking for conservation easement, that back area right there would look like if we, if we squared those all off in the back and made a nice little conservation easement, that would be a really nice location for that. And I, how, how long is that house? I'm sorry, on, on 10. What do you what do you think the length is with the garage that you have shown there? Approximately ninety feet. Ninety feet. And the depth is approximately fifty five feet as shown on that house. Yeah, I that I have a I those are my two on, on that side is that I think that's so when you say two, the conservation easement uh, yeah, discussion would, uh, and yeah. what was the and, and whether that you can whether a house is actually Okay. Whether whether we make Sounds that bad. make that whole sublot and the back of that all a conservation easement. Yeah. Um, the footprint that you have there, you if I understood correctly from your proposal, that's a generic placement based on a building from or like a, you've done. a house from another development. Oh, correct, a house so, that we're getting ready to start so construction. So whatever goes there could be that shape, could be anything. Correct, it could be anything. Okay. And our intent from. Um, an easement and conservation perspective is what's not shown is the exact impacts of what we'll need to do in order to put the road in the proper grading for it associated with it uh, we understand they need to be four-sided box culverts uh, we're aware we need to do that we're confident we can do it um, there will be some impacts that are not shown here at this point now it'll be there for the preliminary all remaining features streams and wetlands we intend to put uh, conservation easement on uh, make sure we have the proper signage deed restrictions everything with it to protect those in perpetuity so the gray area is showing what is the preliminary wetland now. So that's what's delineated and affirmed by the Army Corps of Engineers is what's in gray for wetlands. Um, the blue component is what they've established as streams. But um, correct me if I'm wrong. Some amount of that can be modified. Uh, can Jerry, is that correct? Yes. They can. There's two different permits they can go after. The easier of the two would be up to a half acre of wetland fill. And then the the second one would be an individual permit, which I guess is open to how, however much money they want to spend. Okay. 
So we're at a point where we believe we can stay within the half acre range mm -hmm. uh, for the nationwide permit. Um, we're prepared if need be to follow the individual permit if that's necessary. Uh, but our intent and goal will be is the nationwide permit less than a half acre of impact. So the outline that is there is you would have that would be part of your development plan is to de determine what you may adjust and what you may not. Correct. When we were to come in for preliminary, I, when we get into preliminary, we have to do a, quite a bit of work with regards to the topography is my belief on this. And I know you guys require for your code. As Mr. Wise pointed out, you know, the, the ups and downs of this road, we have to pay very close attention to provide more information. Um, as we do that, we'll establish kind of the buildable footprints. I would envision as we do that too, there may be some shifting of the lot lines. Uh, I'm going to agree with you from the perspective of sublot uh, 10, the house shown, there's some wetlands fairly close to it. Uh, we may impact some wetlands to create a little bit more of a buildable space, possibly shift some lot lines very minor within this. Um, but when we kind of went a complete different direction, I thought it was best to have this consultation first. And did you, did you ever think on for 10, if you would straighten out the cul-de-sac slightly and try to get more, you know, how it bends, which is nice to, to have that. But if you took it and rotated it down, could it give you more so-called buildable area on 10 maybe and not? Yes, absolutely. Uh, did, did you look we, at that? Did look did at that. I, have, that might... I was scribbling actually before I came to the meeting tonight. I was sitting here thinking um, what more could provide some space within there. Yeah, it puts a little bit of a burden on eight. You have to figure out how to get, but maybe you have to mitigate some of the wetlands there to get the drive across that corner of the wetlands there because eight's going to rotate if you do that. Correct, yes. I think that's our biggest impact of the wetlands is kind of right at that call to sack head and getting back to eight. And our vision for eight was kind of creating something that's more secluded and tucked back in there, getting past that wetland and keeping it around there. Yeah, if you brought that, if you, if you brought the house forward away from that, you know, like Mr. Tato says, I think that would eliminate some of my concerns on that house. Mm -hmm. What do you think about squaring off the backs to make a conservation easement at the back of that area? Um, within an open space block versus on the lots? Yeah. Um, our vision for this buyer is someone that wants to own that four acres. And I think there's in mentally in their mind that they own it versus it being an open space block is a benefit to them. And that's the thought process of why we present it like this, whether it's an open space block or a lot, our intent is to create the mechanisms to protect it. I know that the stormwater management ponds have a regular reporting to the city on an annual basis. My envision is that we would create a mechanism to police these conservation areas, even if they're on lots with an annual reporting to the city. Uh, so similar to where they walk the ponds, they present pictures and say there's blockage or something needs to be changed. They can affirm that there's been no encroachments into these areas. So our thought is, is to keep it on the lots, but again, open if there's a strong stance in, in the other way as far as open space block versus lot. Well, that'd be a natural buffer then. You know, that'd be a nice place to, um, on both of these edges. And, and as you look at, 16 and the same thing that you have a couple areas that you could have natural if you square these off you could have natural buffers 16 and and there's only 13 what's this one here 16 yeah so 16. 16 there is a 16. Mm, no 
What's this one? That's six. It's small. It's hard to read on that. Some blood six. six. It looks like a 16. Oh, I'm so sorry. It's a six. Okay. It looks like okay. 16. Okay. There's, well, there must Here, be. Do this. <laughs> that's why I asked for, for the bigger plans. I can't okay. read the small Yeah, ones. well, that's, I mean, as, as I look at these corners, as I look at the corner by by 10, that across, and I look at this corner, that would be natural natural, natural areas if they're squared off to put um, bushes and trees for a natural buffer. <clears throat> You're saying at the back of 10? Yeah. Or, or 6, I mean. The 6, yes. You have 6 into 7. 6 into 7. Yeah, that's, you know. Mm -hmm. That's just as I look at it. What do you think about that, Mr. Shreya? Yeah, it makes sense. My intent is to really make sure we do something to protect up against Echo Hills, to keep that buffer of natural as to what's there. Mm -hmm. I'm open, certainly, to if, if you feel that the, a block uh, more so than just an, an easement or restriction within it is more appropriate. Certainly we'll take that into consideration and try and place what we can back there to put that on. Mr. Modic, did you give any consideration to asking for a rural residential subdivision conditional use permit? Are, are you familiar with that? And I'm not, not saying I don't know how the commissioner would react, but, you know, that would... I did not. Honestly, I did not. I kind of... It would create larger lots. They would, okay. in my opinion, probably be estate lots. But it also would give you some flexibility, and uh, if the commission so choose, so chose, uh, waive certain subdivision requirements, it would give you maybe uh, some leeway regarding utility, sidewalks, the the, the width of the street, etc. Uh, and I'm not speaking. For the commission, I don't know how they would react, but it's, I believe, something you could ask for. But it would give you, you would have to have larger lots. And they would probably be what I would consider estate-type lots. Just throwing it out there. I'll obviously look at that section of the code. My, my intent was to try and it's, be able to come in here and say, no change. Uh, Am I way off base? Yeah, I mean, they could he could look at it. It's it's it has a lot of grade to run with swales. It's probably going to end up having a lot of grade to run with just swales. Um, swales running at if our maximum is eight percent per code, swales swales running at eight percent would be a challenge. I mean, they could look at it, but it would be a challenge to stabilize it. Yeah. Talking, yeah, I mean, it, it it definitely obviously would give them the that section would not require a sidewalk. I'm not quite sure if that's something they would be looking for or not. I mean, it would be like the reserve, um, but. I've seen it done in other communities that have those it, types of. Yeah, it probably would not lessen their storm sewer need because of the um, ups and downs and the grade of this whale. They're probably gonna wanna pick up this whale as often as they could anyhow to intercept it. And just due to the natural breaks, um, to get the water routed to where they want to be, uh, there's going to be a bunch of storms who are already. So it, it might have some advantage to them that they could look at. The, the minimum lot size is three acres, though. Right. Well, okay, then. Yeah, it's it's 1151.05 that you want to look up, Gary. Chairman? Yes. If I could ask you a few questions. Uh, Certainly. Uh, first of all, on sublot one and sublot three, I think you know, both of those are problematic. I don't know if they'll make the cut, but uh, what do you plan on those houses having a 
um, entry to the basement, exposed exposed rear wall. Is that what you're planning on those houses right there? Yes, looking at the topography, I believe those will be walkout basements with the exposed wall on the back there. Um, when you said one and three or one and two, the first two? Well, I, I have a problem with three also, but uh, okay. uh, two, yes, the first three actually. Um, so if you're planning on doing that, then um, do you think the topography then in the back lends itself only to uh, that kind of an entry? I mean, what, what could someone put in that backyard then? Could they put a pool in? Could they put a shed in? Could they put a deck on the back of the house? Could, could deck, those things? yes. At the walkout level, I envision they'd have some space for a patio back there. Um, at this current point, I can't envision necessarily a, a pool going back in there. What about a shed? Um, I think there there could be a graded out space for shed. I don't think we've gotten to the point of looking at sheds within the community as an allowable from the HOA in, perspective. In the HOA. I think that there is some grading that will allow, um, you know, we're going to have to change some of the topography within here to grade in the roads and a buildable pad in there. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I believe there will be space for, you know, an accessory building such as that. Um, obviously, on these lots, there would be a limited backyard space. Uh, buyer would know that as they come into it. Uh, when we rough grade the lots, they'll see the general shape of it. Okay. And my next uh, question is on the, um, the stream going through the roadway. Uh, how do you plan on handling that? We'll have to put a box culvert through there. Uh, Four-sided, I understand that three-sided is either not allowable or not preferred within Brexville. Uh, so we would put a four-sided culvert. Uh, typically, we work with the permitting process. We'll bury a foot of it so it kind of keeps more of a natural bed flowing through it there. We'll size it appropriately so there's not any, you know, backing up of that uh, water as it flows through it. But at this point, you, yeah, you wouldn't know at this point how big it would be. Uh, but you're gonna, uh, that's what you'll do then? Correct. Yeah, I envision that's a preliminary true. plan. We'd have to have more of that detail spelled out here for that. I understand. And I also have a concern at, like, my colleagues do on uh, sublot 10. Is that 10? Yes, yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah, that's the one with the Yeah, sublot 10. And that's just the closeness of the house versus the wetlands and very little yard space. And I heard uh, you know, uh, something come up about maybe, you know, doing this with larger lots, three lots. I don't see you doing that and being able to. Uh, uh, I know it's going to be a profit issue. With, if you're going to have that large of lots, uh, I don't know what how many houses you could have if you made the lots that large. Uh, is there a concern on your part when you heard that three acre lots? Did that yes. Uh, when the the rural concept of it there, I felt like maybe we were leaning toward that with our general layout, and it was going to be one of my questions: what was the minimum lot size? Thank you for pointing out the three acres. You know that that does create a bit of a concern. We have some that are certainly in excess of an acre and way above it, but just the shape and it was, it was unique as we laid out the road, it kind of lays itself out across the property and kind of gives you pods where to place the houses. Uh, on our last layout between some of these streams, we had three kind of jammed in there for lack of better terms. And that's how we spaced them out to get the two in here. So I think going the rural residential route would be challenging for us just because that lot size. But it should be an option. I, I think you should look at it. I, I don't know the market, you know your marketing better than I would know it, but. Uh, I would think that there is a, a, still a call for a large lots like that in, in, in our community, especially with new, uh, 
new construction. You see that obvious in areas where people are able to, uh, to buy land that has uh, uh, that kind of space to, to develop it along Snowville. I'd agree. And, uh, um, so, the all right, well, that's, that's just my preliminary thoughts, but I wanted to weigh in on it. I think the biggest challenge to trying to hit that three acres, obviously, I believe the majority of our lots are, well, about half the lots or are above that mark. The and challenge. Please don't take that as a criticism. I'm just no, no. thinking out loud, putting it on the table because it could be another, maybe another route. No, I, I think I, this is a big improvement, based you know from the initial plans that we saw, and I appreciate that. What are you thinking the value of, of these structures might be? Uh, the, the smallest one being sublot one with the footprint we have there, I envision it being you know a million or a little bit above uh, for that. And I mean, honestly, the sky's the limit when you start looking at lots that are you know six or seven acres as to what someone sure. may build back there. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. Anyone else? What's everyone's feeling on sublot one? Looks like it's kind of the orphan or the group or whatever. <laughs> I, I think in the past we have resisted that um, single loaded road where the front yard's looking right into somebody else's backyard. Um, the, the building area is is limited. It's definitely no backyard. Yeah. The mayor pointed out or whatever in terms of. I do have one opportunity I could explore preliminary plan associated with that. Back in the fall of 2001, these properties were tied at one point together from single ownership. The front lot was sold off. Uh, you see they're fronting Snowville. I think even our last plan showed the back of that lot having potential of development on there. Um, you guys saw a lot split in the fall of 2021 that had a triangular shape across it. Um, so that homeowner is aware of this, certainly. I think if we were to exercise our ability to purchase that back triangle of the land, it was approximately, let me see here, 115 feet wide by 260 feet. So the portion of the property that's facing sublot one, it would be 215 feet long. Then the portion extending westerly along what we're showing as sublot 13 would be approximately 115 feet. I think that can help us in, in two ways. One we can provide some buffering and screening up against that backyard uh, through plantings. But additionally, I think we can bring that road a little bit further away and maybe even reduce the need for a front setback on sublot one. I have, if anybody wanted to see it, <laughs> I printed very small, I can't read it too much, but the split that was previously submitted, if you guys want to see this, I can certainly hand it to you to pass around. Maybe pass it around. Yeah, absolutely. So this is the bulk of it, it just kind of shows that on. And actually, as I was as sitting at the office, thinking through this plan prior to coming here, so I'd have to go home and then come back to the side of town, I remember that and started taking the red pen and the scale and sketching out a little bit of how may that change. And I think it helps the, the request for sublot one meeting the front yard variance there and may even provide some additional space. The extent of what that does, can't 100% tell you that right now. Um, I would feel good if, if we said, hey, we eliminated the 50 feet to 60 feet and maybe give a little bit more buildable space within that lot. If that was the thought of planning commission, I think I could get to work on utilizing that commitment for the lot split from that landowner, work through some grading and layout for preliminary plan and 
feel comfortable bringing it back for your consideration. So that triangle would be taking an existing lot that complies with our ordinances and makes it into a lot that doesn't comply with our ordinances. Correct, for the shape of it. So if we looked at the- I understand the value yeah. to you, but- Correct. That, that presents its own challenges. It does, and I, I looked at that in my, my thought process, not saying it's right, as I looked at that, I challenged myself of, if you asked me that very question, how would I reply? And my thought was that lot there is much larger than the code requirement, and the code requirement for depth, we're far beyond that for, and I apologize, the dimensions on there, what I just handed you, I can't read this one here, but um, the depth of the remaining lot that is purely rectangular is in excess of code, so it's just taking the back and, and changing the shape of it, but yes absolutely would create a lot that doesn't conform to the rectangular code. When intent. you look at this development as a whole and you look where it gets wider and you have these big lots and then you have the one and two up there, do you feel that those are say, out of place. Sim similar in character to the rest of the development? Or I, Mr. Pato referred to it one as an orphan. Um, <laughs> Is when, when we're looking at a, a development that creates a character, um, would, um, the, the, some similarity or consistency through that, that subdivision, those, those two kind of stand out, one especially, but one and two. Um, Hi, I'll, I, uh, please state your name. Yeah, I will. Sure. Yeah, Gary Name, uh, okay. Petros Holmes. Just figured it might be easier for me to talk houses than Please Greg. do. <laughs> so... Um, you know, I mean, certainly homes like this could fit in this area, like what we're talking here. I mean, what we have proposed uh, or shown as a prototype is something we're building uh, that's going to be like a $1.1 million house uh, on a four-acre lot in Richfield. Um, and a lot of the homes, and when we've built in neighborhoods like this uh, where there's unique characteristics, I think each home is going to be custom designed. And there are some lots that... Um, don't necessarily shape like the others. Like in the Four Seasons, for instance, our model was the first house on the on the left, and that was originally, I believe, designed to front Highland, and we came in and turned it. Okay, and it had a shorter backyard, but we built you know a, a substantial home on that lot that set the tone for that neighborhood, and no one would know that that lot is wider than it is deeper from that perspective. So. There's all kinds of things that you can do from a building standpoint when you take advantage of a lot and build a custom home to the features of that lot. So I think it could definitely fit in. Of course, a and, and all these lots are big. I mean, you, I mean, an orphan lot is almost two acres. It's just shaped differently. So certainly a house that's going to have six or seven acres on it is going to have a different style home uh, built to take advantage of the characteristics of it. But the other homes would still be substantial and, and, and I think would fit in, just in my opinion, it's, it's, from that it, example. It seems like looking at your triangular option here, whatever, that if you, if you purchased, I mean, I mean, is the idea that you would purchase this triangular section? Is that what you're? It, it wouldn't even be a purchase because those folks bought that land. They were aware that there was, you know, the potential that back portion may be needed. So they've already agreed that it would be a transfer of transfer. the land. Okay. Yeah. If, if you did that, and this is something I think you've got to go back and look at, if you did that, I think it would allow you maybe to shift the cul-de-sac road to, I guess, what is that, the west, I think? Mm -hmm. Which, yes. if you did that, would, would help, in my mind, would help two, three, four, and five as far as kind of bringing, 
more equality, let's say, to 11, 12, 13, and whatever. But I don't see how it could help one, to be honest with you. It does help it minimally. It doesn't change it substantially. Because the road would still, you'd still bring the road in, do the little bend, and then you'd probably just angle it off towards the, uh, the triangular section, which again would shift everything. And in my opinion, would help two, three, four, and five. But I don't see it being a big advantage to one. Can I throw out an idea? It's still going to be. Absolutely. In three, there's a stormwater basin shown. Yeah, move it to one. Yeah. Yeah, that's If you move thought. that stormwater basin to where one is, three can get a little bit narrower, two can shift in that direction, so it can become a little bit deeper. It makes two and three better, and you lose one. And so we don't have we don't have the single loaded road section. Look, looking into the backyard, it improves two and three. Just saying it's a possibility. So one, two, and three, I looked at and actually thought, of how can I shift that down? Three is substantially wide. Um, the challenge I'm faced with is if you look at this, there's multiple stormwater management uh, structures shown on here and anticipated. Mm -hmm. With all the different drainage corridors coming through here, we have to make sure we capture that water and can treat it. I can't pull it back that way, and that creates a challenge. Mm -hmm. I mean, honestly, the stuck coming in on a narrow shape of the existing parcel coming in here. And I think the mayor kind of made a comment associated with economics of it here. And, and the truth is to bring a road back, you know, 800 feet or more with no lots fronting it is, is a challenge. It's my challenge. It's, it's not yours. I completely understand that. I just felt I owed you the explanation of why we're trying every possible avenue we can uh, to take advantage of sublots one, two, and three. Also to have something fronting as you come in there see that presence of what the community is as it comes in. How do people feel about the buffers? Straightening some of these out and putting some buffers around. That benefit. You mean straightening them out? I don't know. You know, like, well, just instead of, instead of these just making, you know, doing a cut back here where you're, you're, you know, you're following a straight line across put some buffers in the back of these yards. Particularly against the Echo Hills. Yes. yes. And there are, frankly, we forget there are neighborhoods on the other side too, uh, north. Would you guys be against that? No, do you have a, a shape or a dimension, not to say this is exactly what you're looking for, but I'm trying to envision in my mind, if I may, could I grab a drawing, have you take a pen and say this area, just so I have a better depiction of? What do you mean, buffer? Like a yeah, conservation? Yeah, no touch. Yeah, sound. where you're gonna, you know, where you're gonna do some plantings. Or, or like, make or map, map approach. Yeah, like like right in here, like right in here, you know, putting some buffers in. across here to, for Echo Hill. Um, where you're, you know, you're putting some plantings in there. Some. My vision for back there was actually to do something more of a. Uh, conservation area to protect it it's very wooded back there right and mature trees okay and i want to do everything Don't i can touch. to make sure those trees stay there that's because that's that, that 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 would also work if there's already enough trees there then just straighten it out and make sure there's a buffer that stays yeah i've um obviously the 80 foot setback that's shown on here from a rear setback perspective that's the minimum uh especially in those areas that we would protect. I, I think we would look to go a little bit further and I was gonna put something on there as we got into more of the uh, grading associated with it. If we look at you know, lots uh, five and seven, more specific in that corner that you were talking about, right. 
I don't want to say it's never going to happen, but I can't envision someone building a large enough home that they're going to have to go back there and continue that footprint all the way to that point. Um, I think their buildable footprint would stay up nearer to the home, even if they were to create some sort of accessory structure, uh, if it were to be permitted by code. I can't see them going that far back. So by us restricting that area, I think it's a way to permanently protect the vegetation and the trees that are there up against Echo Hills. And if, if there's a, a, a number that sounded good to anybody, certainly we'd consider it, but my goal would be to work with uh, Gary who knows the homes and the owner to try and establish as great as area as possible back there. And bring that in at preliminary planning. I guess that's my issue with lot one is the buffer is only 80 feet. So that doesn't give that homeowner much backyard. Correct. I think there's there's unique buyers out there that are looking for uh, the, the house that I just moved out of in, in Strongsville. Our backyard was cleared. There was nothing. I had small kids. Had a playground back there. I extended my patio back there, all within code requirements. Um, my neighbor next door, all trees, all the mature trees from when it was originally built, and all he had was a small patio back there, and he loved it. He raised two kids there, and now as he's older, he loves not having a yard to take care of. So I think there is probably a unique buyer uh, for this unique lot that is going to want something of, I have a, a deck attached to the house, maybe a small patio below the walkout basement, and I just have nature behind me. I have trees. I don't have a yard that I'm going to go put a pool in. And I think if we establish the proper restrictions as we mark this lot and sell it, that buyer is going to want to have something there. And they're going to be able to keep those trees. And if we put the right mechanism in place to protect it uh, with conservation easements, with uh, deed restrictions, whatever may be appropriate, I think we can do that. That's kind of our vision for that lot. Let me ask you a silly real estate question here developer question I guess they call it real estate, real estate if you take a lot like say sublot eight which is almost nine acres and it sells for I mean let's just put a million dollars on it I don't know what it is but I mean let's put a number on it if you split that lot into two lots of equal size or similar size do you get more money for it if you're a developer if a large lot split and, into two and, lots. and it sounds silly but I'll I'll take you somewhere in a minute, but with that, but I, I would say that that typically, as long as you're not creating something that becomes astronomically different, yes, two lots versus one should I mean, get more money for two I'd, lots. I'd love to see a lot that. more lots than thirteen in here, but okay. <laughs> okay, here's <laughs> but. where I'm here's where I'm going with that. Here's the challenge. Okay, for you, if if we would say we don't like one, one goes away, but we don't mind thirteen, and we understand. If we come on the other side of the fence here in terms of this has to work economically, although we don't necessarily, we don't, we're not supposed to correct. get involved in that. But if I walk over there and I want to still make money on this job, make more money or equal money, if in fact we eliminate one, what can you do with say six, seven, or eight, specifically eight, to get instead of three lots, because those are three very, very large lots. And if we gave you the challenge to go back and either divide eight up into two or take a little from six and then shift seven and then take eight and cut it in half and you go around the wetlands or whatever, I mean, it's a real, you talked about taking out your red pen or pencil or whatever <laughs> so and sketching in the back. 
and I appreciate that. I, can I was taught I should that. use a pencil so that it can be erased versus the red markers. No, and I got plenty of them in, the, in, <laughs> in my car. Um, Erasable red ones, they're called. They're very hard to find. But uh, said, if, uh, we, if we gave you that challenge, do you think there's some, ch some chance of maybe doing that? Still keeping 13 lots? I think... And eliminating one, maybe even, and I like the idea of that triangle to shift it and improve two, three, four, and five. It gives you a little option to move that road to the west, which again, you know, eliminates any kind of, I don't want to say sublots because they're not, they're going to be beautiful lots no matter what, but, uh, you know, would that be a possibility? Or as far as consultation, that's the consultation or the challenge I would give yeah, you, I, one member out of seven. I'd say my, my takeaway to this point is is there's a great deal of concern about sublot one, yes. and that's my challenge is to try and alleviate those concerns. So and I think you, I you should ratchet that up a little bit. I think there's more than a, a concern. I think it's pretty much uh, the commission is not in favor of lot one. And, uh, I think Mr. Pato's suggestion is something you should take to heed and try to make that work if you want the same number. So I would add, Mr. Mayor, I'm still not comfortable with two. I don't know how you so, feel well, about that. I think two could be, if they looked at the well, triangular thing, I think that could, that could if that road right, shifted, it, I think saying, it could make it a more palatable. Just as drawn. Yeah. So, Greg, on 11 and 12, you have 190 and 190, and by code, you could get three lots in that same distance. Is that something that this, would it, like, ruin the sensible the development you're trying to achieve because by code I, you only need 125 foot frontage um like some of these like uh again i don't really see a lot more room up there but like where they where your designer saying you have 100 foot on the cul-de-sac i think code is you get 60 percent at the right away so that would take you down to 75 foot you still have to have the 125 at your building and i think like for instance I mean, there's still a lot of topography on six rolling down, but maybe you could look at a couple of areas and tighten them up, but it would put them to the minimum at a 125, which with your 100-foot building footprint, that makes it pretty tight there. But is that something that you think is workable? Because obviously that would all... And then two, like I said, if you did look at that storm pond, you could look at like pushing three over and two over, and two would maybe you could get it up enough that it would be say more into the subdivision versus on the entrance road yeah i, I see what you're saying on that and i think it's certainly something we can look at uh the sublots form five then across the street 11 and 12. um I said our, our initial one of our initial layouts we brought in here had three lots within that kind of two drainage corridors there mm -hmm. and we were trying to yeah stretch out as much as we could so we filled those space what we felt was you know Nice. Lot. Honestly, I, I'd, I'd love this to be more of a rectangular that I could come in there and more be, look more at that rural residential and say, hey, three acres on all of them. I think that's more the intent we're going for. Just our struggle is, is probably the most of the commentary is that throat and entrance coming in of how do we do something that's, that's appropriate, makes sense, and is acceptable to the commission. So I think we have our, our work cut out for us for that first stretch coming in there uh, through those sublots. I completely understand what you guys are saying think that and gotta get a lot of idea about shifting that so that 10 you know you get more usable property at the front of 10 
think that's a, a real important one also. Yes, absolutely. All right, Mr. Chairman, if you don't mind. I don't I, mind. Uh -oh. So, all right, so to go through then pretty much the stuff that I had listed down here. Um, so when you do come back, I guess, um, obviously you heard everything they said about trying to relocate one. Your, it sounds like the 13 is something that might be amenable, but... So we'd, we would expect some kind of landscape buffer. I would not expect you to cut woods to plant trees. So um, something to protect, um, like, obviously we have them inside of Four Seasons, a couple other subdivisions. So something to protect the uh, neighboring lots. And you have such vast backyards, it would be, it seems like it would make sense that you could pull the building lines up and then put pretty good restrictions on there that we wouldn't ever clear in those areas. I mean, again, we'd, we'd want to see something with your conservation areas blocked out, the landscape areas on there. Um, uh, obviously, again, for a preliminary, I mean, just a quick look at the roadway alignment and some of the grading. Um, again, you do have a challenge. You got a lot of cross grade, a lot of grade going down to the, the streams. Uh, as the mayor said, I definitely am concerned about the culverts. So, I'm glad you touched on that Brexel, in my time here, has not accepted a three-sided box culvert yet, so we definitely will not be looking at one of those as favorable. Um, and then, um, what else did I have on here? I, I, I didn't sound like the radio line was something that wouldn't be necessarily considered. It would be a variance. Some of the lot depths obviously would be uh, variances, but if you had conservation easements on the backs that protected the neighbors, I think that might give the commission something to say support your uh, the the variance. Cul-de-sac is a variance. Uh, again, we've talked about it, and I would think that just the house I have. Again, we just did one in the woodlands that was setting back like uh, sublot eight. And I think if the Planning Commission uh, recommends it, and um, even some of your other lots, I mean, you have bigger lots, if you wanted to push them back, I think now would be the time to consider that. And like, for instance, like if you wanted to take uh, seven and push it back, and if that allowed you to manipulate some grades or any of the lots like that, I think on this site, with these more of a state type lots, I don't <clears> think <throat> all of them sitting at the road at 60 feet is something you would necessarily have to hold as a hard as a hard thing and just work with the commission as far as getting a layout that gets you what you need but is also something that the commission can support so that's all i had chairman can i bring up one other issue yes you may this might be a little bit early but talk to us about the entrance i take it that the first lot is going to own to the street is that correct or are you going to have an hoa and they're going to have ownership of that as it's shown now, it is shown as a sublot. Um, we've talked about it, and I, I think we may consider making it an open space block that the HOA would maintain that. You know, concern I have, you have the stream, but then, you know, what would that property owner want to do with that all the way out to Snowville Road? And that, that's the concern I would have, that yeah. um, once it's that property owner's property, what they can do and it be, would be better if you would set up something some kind of an entrance way there and and dedicate some of that land towards um, a nice entrance coming into this 
very expensive, beautiful subdivision if that's what it ends up being. But uh, I think you should give us some input on that as you move forward. That's a great would. suggestion. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Mr. Chairman. That's it. I'm done now. I promise. Um, so, Ed, you're in this evening for a consultation. So, do you feel that you have adequate direction from the commission? Do you have any questions you want to ask regarding the feedback that you've received? I think there was uh, um, a lot of questions about sublot one. Yeah. No, uh, I, I don't have any questions this time. I do okay. sincerely want to thank you all for your time and kind of this feedback. It's a drastic difference than last time we have a, a lot to do to bring back something in front of you guys and I appreciate the feedback that was given tonight it kind of gives us our our marching orders what to focus on refine it a little bit uh, to bring back for your consideration so sincerely thank you for your time tonight I look forward to moving in <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's, that was a joke I could never afford those properties but I'll keep trying maybe the accessory strap thanks yeah, yeah. Thank, thank you. you. Mow the lawn, maybe that's it. Do you, have Do you have a question or? Huh? Do you no. have a question? No. Okay. Central school rezone. Okay. Next up, central school rezoning. All right. Thank you, Mr. Chair. So. Um, as you saw in the correspondence today, we've withdrawn the um, amendments to Chapter 1151 residential districts. Um, there's some a little bit more um, due diligence we need to um, complete before we bring it forth again. But we wanted to keep um, the proposed zoning district concept for Central School before Planning Commission to ensure the process moves forward. So other than the update I just provided, nothing has changed um, to what is being proposed for Central School at this time. Um, we're looking to hopefully set a public hearing date for, for this item tonight if the Planning Commission is um, in favor of that. And I'm happy to answer any questions you might have. Thank uh, you for that presentation. Uh, not to make it longer, but I, I just want to share something with the, uh, the Commission that I think we should tell them and that is part of the uh, review is the law director of course and the law director has looked at uh, some of the proposals that we have made and he's concerned that we may be too restrictive yeah. and that it couldn't uh, withstand the test of uh, uh, any litigation but so we're going to go back and uh, try to answer some of that by uh, the law director researching some of the law and then uh, us looking as a way are we looking as a way to try to accomplish what we want to accomplish but be able to do it legally so to speak not that we would offer anything illegal but you know, <laughs> yeah and without stand. yeah without knowing his feedback i wonder if it's a matter of phrasing some of the things we discussed it's it's really that in a different manner it's really that so okay the courts have uh, really um given rights and some agree that with to the property owners and uh, there are some things that you really you'd like to do and but you can't do and even though it doesn't match the neighborhood they have a right to do it so that's and i don't know monica and i had a conversation i don't know in in terms of you know my first question to to, to dave would be uh how do I, 
how these other municipalities get away with it. And what do they get away with, I mean, in terms of... Well, that's of, what we're looking at, and I we're mean, finding out, much to our chagrin, that there are... Maybe they've been breaking the law and they just haven't been sued. Maybe that's it. Uh, well, no, very few of them are doing it. Uh, we were... Really? We were rather amazed, uh, Ron, that uh, we thought there'd be a lot more, especially from certain communities, but... That may have changed then, It, because, it could have, yeah. You know. There are a handful that do have guidelines. Um, you know, they're guidelines, though. They have so. to be guidelines. I bet, and I'm not an attorney, but I bet you there's something with that word, guidelines versus restrictions or whatever. Yeah, and then the other issue is some communities don't have their guidelines within the planning and zoning code. So how, you know, that, how is that going to stand up in a court of law if, you know, you're following this, guidelines this or standards outside of the, um, the, the planning and zoning code? Well, um, as far as is... Uh, I almost called it Newtown. I don't know why I keep calling it Newtown all the time. As far as Old Town, <laughs> maybe they should call this Newtown. But as far as Old Town is concerned, you know, how how do we legally or whatever within our ordinances, how do we uh, regulate, say, scale, size, whatever you want to call it in that residential R8 district to a point where somebody doesn't buy two or three lots and bring in a McMansion? Yeah, so that's one of the Plus, things that Dave, Maddie, totally and I discussed. Um, you know, the, in the research I did, I found one community that had a maximum house size, but there were numerous cities that had something called a floor area ratio, which takes the size of the lot, lot into consideration, as well as the square footage of the first and second floor. So if you find that gives the, you a proportion or a exactly, scale so you find a, a sweet spot for your floor to area ratio, and and a, a couple communities just had one floor area ratio, let's just say, you know, 0.3 would be the ratio. Others had a sliding scale depending on the square footage of the lot. So, you know, with the lot, as the lot size would increase, the floor to area ratio could then increase and you would have a, you know, a proportionate, you know, house on, you know. Something like that would be okay. So that, that, that is one of the reasons why we wanted to kind of hold off tonight on, you know, keeping it as an agenda item, just to be able to confirm that with, with Dave Maddie. Um, and, and, and he's requested that I, you know, pull up some examples of other communities who have oh. used that type of um, language in terms of the floor area ratio and regulating size. Because part of the challenge, and I, I don't know, a number of the members were on there when, and I don't know the gentleman's name, and it's a, it's a beautiful house. It's the White House when you go around the bend there, and if you recall, whoever was on the commission at that time, we did quite a few uh, uh, revisions to that from when he first came in. In other words, we knew it was going to be a big building, a large building, but we wanted to break up the scale to try to be sympathetic to the other and we did that, I think, successfully, but that was a challenge. And I don't know if we'd want to go through that or if we could get as, as lucky or successful as I think we did on that instance in, in the future. So that was my, when you and I talked, that was my biggest concern. How do we, so we don't all have to get arrested and, and wear orange or whatever they wear nowadays, but, you know, how can we, how can we somewhat regulate this? Because... I don't want it to get to a point where it's we're just relying on somebody comes in and Monica and I discussed this that somebody comes in with a building permit and somebody objects to it and it goes to design review and we're like totally out of it kind of thing selfishly. 
Yeah, well, that's why I think that. having the ratio, the floor, floor ratio, is, is important. I think that's something, as, as Monica goes forward and looks at, that is going to be real important for her to bring it to us and see what, what we, you know, can agree on. Because, you know, as the, lot, as the lots get bigger, obviously, you know, the floor ratio can get bigger also. So there has to be a, a, a scale, a sliding scale for that um, and something that we but I, I really think, you know, if we get one done for the R, R8A, you know, then we can kind of move forward on the other ones. So you basically just read my mind. <laughs> um, so as we look at the sliding scale and the Florida area ratio and, um, you know, confirm with Dave Maddie that it's, you know, within our right to do so, uh, we would like to look at it simultaneously of the R20 right. with the R8A um, as it was brought up by council recently. Excuse me, Monica, was, was Dave's concern the size of the lots or the size of the structures that would be allowed on each lot? I want to avoid any hearsay here. You know, I'll, I'll definitely be, be seeking something, um, some form of opinion or, or discuss with him once I have the, you know, the research. But um, I think really overall his concern was putting forth restrictions that could, um, you know, impede a, a property owner's use of their land. Um, you know, for example, let's just say Joe Smith bought a property last year and they, he intends to develop it and, you know, put a 3,500 square foot house on it. And then we move forward with a, you know, restrictive zoning, you know, how could, and then we get sued, you know, what, what kind of impact could, could we have? Thanks. Restrictions are different than guidelines. Yes, they are. They are. Anything else? I mean, I guess on the rezoning, we're just we're just looking at a zoning change, no lots or anything like that, correct? Mm-hmm. I like this. I think this is what it makes sense. Should we? Oh, yeah. um, I think this. Should we get this moved on to a public hearing? Set a public hearing for this. I, I would I would appreciate if the commission would consider moving central school rezoning to a public. You're hearing. just talking about the zoning, right? Correct. Just the zoning, yeah. So you do see, you know. The zoning districts that are proposed don't necessarily follow the, follow the lot lines. Um, these aren't lot lines. These are zoning lines. Right. So that's what we're looking to do. No no uh, lot splits or consolida consolidations at this point. Really just moving it to a public hearing for these zoning district changes. Mr. Chairman, would you object to that or not? I have no objection. Okay. Anybody else? That's um. It's a wonderful idea. That's this write-up that we have here. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, it's the one that says uh, Central School 27 Public Square. This would be for April 6th. Okay. How's it look, Jerry? April 6th. I move the Brecksville Planning Commission will hold a public hearing on Thursday, April 6th, 2023 at 7 p.m. at Brecksville City Hall, 9069 Brecksville Road, Brecksville, Ohio, for consideration of a proposed zoning change at the former Central School property, 27 Public Square, permanent parcel number 601-34-0042R8A residential along Arlington Road and LB local business to the remainder of the site within RA apartments conditional use overlay. 
The rezoning of a portion of the property along Arlington Street at 23 Public Square, permanent parcel number 6013405 to R8A Residential, and rezoning of a portion of 8929 Highland Drive to LB Local Business. Second, Mr. Chairman. Ms. Cardos? Yes. Mr. Jansen? Yes. Mr. Pato? Yes. Mr. Larmer? Yes. Mr. Shreve? Yes. Mayor Ruby? Yes. Mr. Stretchy? Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Motion to adjourn. Second. Yes. <laughs> Ms. Cardos? Yes. Mr. Jansen? Yes. Mr. Pato says yes. yes. Mr. Larmer? Yes. Mr. Shreve? Yes. Mayor Ruby? Yes. Mr. Stucky? Yes. So we're actually thinking about doing this, putting this sidewalk.